The following message was recorded during the Friends of Israel 2010 National Prophecy Conference season. These meetings were held in Winona Lake, Indiana and Lancaster, Pennsylvania. For other audio resources from the Friends of Israel, visit us at foi.org. Yesterday, we looked at how God has prepared for Israel for the future by eternal covenants, promises that are specific to Israel. And then we moved on to mention that God has prepared Israel with a national security, a national security that's as firm as the eternal security of the believer in Jesus Christ, a national security. And we see how God has prepared Israel for the future uh, by regathering the state of Israel, 1948, and protecting that state from unbelievable problems on the, uh, on the outside. Well, then yesterday we said that the world has counter-moved against Israel in a number of ways. The alignment of nations that we discussed is according to prophetic patterns. And then the demand for worldwide leadership, worldwide government, and that push that we are living in today fits a prophetic pattern as well that occurs during the tribulation period after the church is raptured. And then we see the search for worldwide religion and the global initiatives that are occurring and the inter-religious things that, uh, that are being pushed on also is according to prophetic patterns during the tribulation when, ant- when uh, the false prophet uh, uh, pushes the world to worship the Antichrist. But today I wanted to move on because there are a series of maps that tell the story of hostilities against present-day Israel. The first one is a map of Israel and its neighbors. And you say, where's Israel? Oh, you can hardly see it. Sandwiched in there on the eastern Mediterranean. But let's say you are prime minister of Israel, and this is what you are facing. And you're facing a world saying, well, if Israel would only give up more land, everything would be fine. (laughs) And there it is, Israel and its neighbors. Uh, Israel is surrounded. The shaded areas that are are given names there in the map are uh, Israel's Arab neighbors plus Iran. Now, Iran is not Arab, but it's certainly a hostile neighbor. It's certainly uh, Islamic, and there it is. Uh, to the north and to the east, mostly, of, uh, of Israel. Uh, but you'll notice something else uh, about this map. You know, when this was made, which was within the... Which it's actually was... This was prepared since we were together a year ago. And notice that Turkey is not outlined here on the map. And it should be today. Because Turkey is definitely a hostile neighbor of Israel. We looked at that yesterday. We saw the amazing prophetic alignment with Ezekiel 38, where Turkey is part of the invading force on Israel from the, from the north. And, um, and Turkey is the huge country to the north of Israel, to the north of Syria and Iraq, and alongside of Iran uh, for a bit as well. Now, the countries that you see shaded here, in other words, this is Israel's neighborhood, and uh, these are not the greatest neighbors in the world. This is Israel's neighborhood. The land mass represented by the shaded areas, even without Turkey, 
650 times the land mass of Israel. Population-wise, the shaded countries, Arab countries and Iran, represent 56 times the population of Israel. And so if you were prime minister of Israel, what do you think about that? It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? A tremendous amount of pressure on you and on the people of Israel. The, the second map, then, is a map which in the far uh, north or the far uh, to the top of the map shows Lebanon. That is actually southern Lebanon uh, from which uh, attacks were launched against Israel in the year 06. And this is the Michael Levin story. Michael was uh, killed near the border of Israel, but in southern Lebanon. Well, southern Lebanon today, by the way, in 06, Lebanon, the uh, Hezbollah terrorist group that controls southern Lebanon, is in absolute control. Nothing happens in southern Lebanon without Hezbollah. And they are vicious enemies of Israel. They shot 16,000 rockets into Israel that went as far on that map south as just south of, uh, of Nazareth, uh, almost to Haifa. So maybe the northern third at the most of the country of Israel received rockets from southern Lebanon during the Lebanon War in 06. Today, intelligence reports show that southern Lebanon has not only 16,000 rockets ready to go, but 45,000 rockets and missiles, which can now go as far south as the desert areas of southern Israel. That's what's in place. That's what's threatening Israel. Um, More pressure, as you can see it. Now, we'll go to the third map, which is a map of Gaza. Now, this is way blown up. Gaza is along the coast. It is an area that's five to eight miles wide and only about 25 miles from north to south uh, along the coast of the Mediterranean. This was the area that Israel pulled out of in 06 as, and, and threw it at the Palestinians as a gesture for peace. Will you grab on? Can we move forward in, in somewhat of a peace process? By the way, in my own mind, peace is not a process. Peace is a state of being and a decision. Um, but uh, that, that's what happened in 06. Uh, would uh, this gesture for peace work? And of course, 07, Hamas took over and um, that terrorist group began shooting rockets into the towns of southern Israel, 7,000 rockets from Gaza uh, into the towns of southern Israel before Israel uh, uh, moved into Gaza, took action to stop its people from being rocketed. We can't, um, on the map there, there's a little town off the north and eastern side of Gaza. It's an Israeli town, S-D-E-R-O-T. Perhaps you cannot read it there, Sderot. Sterot, the people of Sterot have 15 seconds from when the the code red warning would go off to get into their shelters, to protect themselves from the rockets. And so they were um, very careful that their children never got more than 15 seconds away from them. And you can imagine what it was like living in a a context like people were killed in Sterot and in other towns of southern Israel. Uh, By the way, the flotilla of ships 
was the attempt from Turkey to sail down the Mediterranean Sea and to enter, to, to break Israel's blockade, arms blockade, along the coast. It's a maritime blockade. And to sail into Gaza, and um, it, it accomplished a number of obje- objectives. Um, uh, it, it, uh, it galvanized world opinion against Israel. There was no humanitarian crisis in Israel. There was no reason to go that way. Israelis were letting supplies go into Gaza, inspected supplies, not war supplies, uh, from all kinds of checkpoints outside of Gaza, from from the country of Israel into Gaza. Uh, There was and is no humanitarian crisis. But here again, more pressure on Israel and how the world world opinion galvanized against Israel and has. Gaza is a huge issue today. Finally, the fourth map, which will give you the situation, is Iran and the Iranian missile reach currently. Now, the shaded area represents how far missiles from Iran can reach, and, and they can go as far as the republics of, uh, of Eastern, former Russian republics of Eastern Europe, and certainly uh, uh, Israel's uh, within that shaded area. Uh, that's the Iranian missile threat um, presently. Um, it does not take into account nuclear weapons, which Iran is developing and hopes to deliver, um, as it says very clearly, in order to destroy the state of Israel. So the missiles are in place. The nuclear weapons apparently are not yet in place, and that's the pressure point. That's the tension in the world today. So when Dan Pollack stood here on Tuesday night and said that the United Nations has issued a resolution um, and uh, singling out Israel as the problem in the Middle East because of nuclear weapons, which it's had actually for probably 40 years, and of course has not used them, it's strictly defensive, but never mentioning Iran, which is developing the ability to deliver nuclear weapons throughout the Middle East and actually into as far as uh, some of the countries of Europe, never mentioning Iran. And that's the world uh, that Israel lives in. But we have to remember, as we saw yesterday from the scriptures, that um, Israel's national security is rooted in God himself. It's, It's a national security that will not be broken by Iran or by anybody else. But you can just feel the pressure and that Jewish people Uh, would understand and that Israelis would understand as well. So these maps tell the story of present-day hostilities against Israel, part of the story for sure. There's another part of the story of present-day hostilities against the Jewish people, and that is the story of anti-Semitism. Now, anti-Semitism, you've heard the term many, many times. It's, It's a very simple matter, and it's very deadly to the Jewish people. It is violence and hatred of Jewish people just because they are Jews. That's what anti-Semitism is. Now, it takes many forms uh, and has over the centuries. And see, here's another matter that you and I as Christians have to understand as we relate to Jewish people, as we reach out to Jewish people. And that is I guess it's best summarized by a quote I found by Arnold Fruchtenbaum, who is an author 
and founder of Ariel Ministries, quote, since the fourth century, 95% of all persecutions of the Jews have been done in the name of the church, in the name of the cross, and worst of all, in the name of Jesus Christ. You may not have realized that, but that's that's what we're up against as we relate to uh, the Jewish people. And your knowledge of it and, uh, and condemnation of it is a great starting point um, as you seek to build bridges and relationships to perhaps Jewish friends and neighbors that, that you may have. There's a, actually a, there's a saying in the Jewish community, as, as Jewish people have begun to see, and, and I've got some dramatic illustrations to share with you that are very, very exciting, uh, as we move on in this message today, but um, Jewish people have a saying, and it's based upon history, that even if they, Christians, smile at you, act nice towards you, seem to be friends, scratch a Christian, and you get an anti-Semite. We have to show the Jewish people there's a different kind of Christian out there than that. It's a formidable task, but it's something that is happening everywhere today. So anti-Semitism, though, as it's practiced in the world today, is taking a particular form. It has been, particularly over the last 10 years. And the greatest form it takes is this. Demonize Israel and hold Jewish people everywhere accountable. So something happens in Israel. Oh, the flotilla incident. Demonize Israel. Oh, the press around the media, worldwide media jumps right on that. Oh, Israel's terrible. Hatred of Israel. Demonize Israel. Hold Jewish people everywhere accountable. So you have demonstrations on the streets of Los Angeles, and you have the hatred against that young Jewish student with the Israeli flag. That's the anti-Semitism of today. It takes many, many forms. There have been flashpoints over the years. One of, one of the flashpoints is something that is very dear to our hearts, and that is the security fence in Israel. It's dear to our hearts because we had one year with no tours in Israel. That year was 01, 2001. And the reason we had no tours is you're not going to sign up for a tour to Israel when suicide bomb- bombers are killing people on a regular basis, as they were in 01. We got our first tour off in the fall of 02. The security fence was underway. Uh, there were still scattered suicide bombings. In fact, we came through Afula one day, and the next day we learned that there had been a suicide bombing in Afula up in north in the Galilee area. Um, but the, uh, um, the security fence. Um, you say, wait a minute, I, I thought it was a security wall, because you know, they always talk about the wall. You know. they, they do. They talk, the, the worldwide media talks about the security wall in Israel, uh, because they love to jump on that term. 94% of it is a fence with electronics. You can see right through. And about 6% of it is a wall to protect Israelis traveling on the highways from sniper shots coming down from higher elevations on the other side if there were no wall. That's the situation. But the way it's portrayed around the world, you would think that Israelis build a new Berlin Wall. 
anti-Semitism. It's alive and well. There are many flashpoints. And most recently, Gaza in the last few years has become a flashpoint for sure. The United Nations didn't care for the fact that Israel tried to stop rockets from going into its towns in southern Israel. And they commissioned the Goldstone Report. And the Goldstone Report, which virtually ignores the fact that rockets were being shot constantly at the civilians of southern Israel, uh, virtually ignores the fact, and, and actually ignores the fact, that Hamas, the terrorist group in Gaza, uses human shields of its own people. All of this is, in effect, through the United Nations, institutionalized hatred of Israel, institutionalized anti-Semitism. That's what it is. And so, the pattern is demonize Israel, move it out everywhere we can, and hold Jews accountable and direct anti-Semitism, hatred, violence against the Jewish people. That's what Jewish people are living under. Um, Some of that mainstreaming occurred, for example, and these are all illustrations of things since we met here last year. November 23rd of, uh, of last year, North Naples, Florida Middle School. It was a special day. It was called Kick a Jew Day. This is America. This is America. The, the students who participated in Kick a Jew Day were disciplined. I don't want to make it sound like the school was sponsoring it. But the word was passed. And so you get this mainstreaming of anti-Semitism. Israel apartheid weeks on college campuses and university campuses began four years ago with two or three campuses. And a couple of them were probably in Canada, as I remember. It has now spread, not from simply one week in March every year, Israel apartheid week, hatred against Israel and the Jewish people. It has spread to 45 campuses this year, and not only one week, but two weeks in March. It's spreading like wildfire. The last place that is an apartheid state is Israel. A number of you have been with us in Israel. You come out of the airport at Bangor, what do you see? Signs everywhere in the country are in Hebrew and in Arabic, English as well. Uh, Apartheid? It's not apartheid. There's a recognition of as Arabic as an official language of Israel. Israel has 1.2 million uh, Arabs who are Arab Israelis. They are citizens of Israel. And... uh, and they're a recognized minority. This is not an apartheid state. They vote for representatives to the parliament, Knesset. They vote for the prime minister. Uh, Israel is anything but an apartheid state. But Israel apartheid weeks in March are growing, expanding, and we'll only see more and more of it. And then in the world of religion, and I say religion because I don't like to even call it Christianity, uh, the mainline Protestant churches and their official bodies. Now, I realize some of you are highly likely to be part of mainline Protestant churches. And I'm not talking about people in the pews. I'm talking about the leadership structure of these denominations is increasingly anti-Bible, anti-Israel. And so we have the Presbyterian Church uh, USA uh, just within the last couple of weeks uh, passing uh, a revolution aimed at casting Israel as illegitimate in the Middle East. We have the United Methodists and a women's study group doing the same kind of thing, calls for divestment and all of this. 
And in the midst of, this is the world of Israel and the Jewish people. You need to know that world, understand that world, and therefore be able to better respond to Jewish friends and neighbors whom the Lord may put, uh, put your way. Um, and our response always needs to be uh, to show them a different kind of Christian. Absolutely different. In our very character, our core beliefs, who and what we are, everything about us needs to be projected that we represent nothing like they have known over the years in terms of Christianity. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning and just encourage our hearts and we thank you for each and every session uh, here, whether it's been more related as a ministry report or whether it's been the uh, exposition of the Word of God and the unsearchable truths uh, that are there for, for our knowing and for applying to our lives. So uh, bless us together. Make us more effective in your service, we pray. In the name of our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.